Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Rumble Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Bingo Smith, Jojo White, Joey Devine, Skeeter Swift, Bill Bunting, Sean Keane, Norm Van Leer. Steve Mix, Patreons, Mark Light, thank you, Mark, Elf Pugs, thank you, Elf Pugs, Russell Rusty Mahogian, thank you, Russell Rusty, musical guest, Julie Cruz, and Spanic Boys, and now the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with America's uncle, my best friend, Sean Keen. I'm good, I'm good, yeah. Hung out with, uh, hung out with a, a nephew just a few days ago. Joey, I didn't tell you about this, but uh, I am I am recording slightly injured. Oh, what happened? So, um, my nephew had a sleepover, and then Sunday we went uh, to meet some family members for a walk, and uh, everyone was walking really fast, like dicks, even though there was a four-year-old there. Mm-hmm. So I carried him on my shoulders for roughly like a mile and a half to two miles. And at the end, he was getting bored, and I started playing our signature game, which is I pretend to trip, even though he's mm-hmm. on my shoulders. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we were we were so close to the car, and he said, oh, slip in that gravel. And then oh, I no. pretended to slip in the gravel. But and then you, know what you happened, actually Joey? slipped in the gravel? I actually slipped in the gravel, and uh, I had a child on my forehead, so I 
I just sort of slid like a goalie. Wait, the child was on your forehead? My shoulders. Sorry. Sorry. He always says, can I go on the head? That's what he says. Sure. So I I caught the child, and he did not die. But uh, my leg sort of did. So I I have a bit of road rash, and it's very hard to explain that I was walking when it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did he hit by a car? What happened? I'm like, no, 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 no. I was uh, pretending to trip. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't get, uh, just don't Chevy Chase yourself, bro. Oh yeah, getting getting addicted to pain pills. Pain pills because you were falling down so much, pretending to be Gerald Ford. Yeah. Yes, that was that was definitely <laughs> the drug he was addicted to for all those years. <laughs> Snortable pain pills. <laughs> From Colombia, because <laughs> pain pain pills can make you kind of act like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It can ruin your personal friendships because all you think about is, uh, you know, snorting some more pain pills fifteen <laughs> minutes later. All I think about when I think about Chevy Chase being addicted to pain pills now uh-huh. is, and not to make fun of someone's addiction, obviously, but again, again, yes, uh-huh. pain pills. Uh, but him, like, uh, trying to buy, like, Xanaxes off of SoundCloud rappers today, you know? That's what I think about all the time. Anyway, all right, um, weird start to this show. Um, some business off the top at Round Rock Pod is our Twitter account. Roundrockpod at gmail.com is our mute. Calls on the phone at the number in the description of the episode. And Sean, you've been working really hard at patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Do you want to tell the listeners what you've been working on this week? Yeah, we've got we have an exciting um look, this isn't the first this isn't the the first time we've talked about Jack Reacher on this podcast. It won't be the last, but um uh Reacher Creature Damon Agnos. Uh, came on to review the trailer for the upcoming Amazon show Reacher. He had a lot of thoughts about um, Jack Reacher's body composition. We don't talk about body composition a lot on the show, but with no. Jack Reacher, it's pretty fundamental. Right. It's like the most fundamental thing, I would say. Yeah, and we're we're not body shaming. We're body celebrating. So I feel like that's a little well, different. Well, how could you shame that man's body? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, look... I haven't listened to the episode. Um, you gotta, uh, you gotta be a real. You gotta find a real physical freak to play at Jack Reacher, right? Like, if you're, if, if people were so mad because Tom Cruise was too small, right? Because yeah. Jack Reacher is described as like, uh, hands the size of Thanksgiving turkeys. I believe they say and at they, one point. They've said that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he's alternately been listed from between 6'5 and 220 and 6'5 and 250. Mm-hmm. I believe he gets that big between books one through three, in fact. So, yeah, you can't really. It's a, well, it's a well, small actually, casting Actually, the name pool. of our Jack Reacher podcast is actually Fists Like Thanksgiving Turkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's a, if, well, if you're casting that, you, uh-huh. you've got a small pool, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. cast from. Um, so I hope that, uh, steroid like freak a, I mean, they hired is like, good. Uh, he's played like superheroes before. The only objection I would have is, um, he's pretty cut. Mm-hmm. And may- maybe that's what Jack Reacher would look like. I just feel like I always think of him as more like 
massive and less sculpted. Mm-hmm. But oh, so you don't think uh, Jack Reacher, uh, famous transient, is uh, like shaking up protein shakes every week? He definitely needs to have more body hair than this guy has. I'll, I will say that for sure. There's no way that Jack Reacher like shaves his chest. I mean, the guy they have, in... the, the guy we, they have playing Jack Reacher is like a straight up bodybuilder. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that just... guy is meal prepping something Jack Reacher has never done. Well, we do bring that up. How little Jack Reacher seems to eat in this book. Uh, just despite all the talk about his uh, crazy athleticism and lifestyle, Damon does a good comparison of uh, basketball players. He thinks Jack Reacher's like it's a pretty extensive episode, considering the show has not debuted yet. Uh-huh, yeah. But um, <laughs> it is based on the first Reacher book, though. The other weird thing I about Tom Cruise one is that book. it's based on like the eighth book or something. Sure. It's very weird. The first Reacher um, book, he gets arrested in a diner after ordering food, but does not eat the food, I believe. No, he does not in the cruise, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then there's a weird, like, reveal that he's, like, solved a case against the guys who arrested him off screen. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, great, I'm glad we got to see him in this diner instead of <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Um, um, anyway. Also, Tom Cruise is like fastidious in that movie, and he like mm-hmm. washes his one shirt in the sink all the time. And Damon, Damon was inclined to think that Jack Reacher probably just like throws his old clothes in the trash. Uh, we like talk he's, a- he's more of an animal. Tom Cruise is a little more, yeah. We talk a lot about uh, Bosch on the show. Sean. Yeah, and I would say the fundamental difference between Bosch and Jack Reacher. Is Reacher is a blues man and Bosch is a jazz man, correct? <laughs> uh, that's true, but Bosch actually mostly likes to listen to music on his own mental radio, mm-hmm. and then he can adjust the volume and no, even that's the Reacher. pitch. Bosch, no, Bosch, Bosch actually listens to the oh, music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- Bosch, is, Bosch is like a normal man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I do think it is, it is. Amazon making a strong commitment to dad core. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. What's the, okay. So who would be the fourth guy they need to get for dad pro like total debt to go full dad core. Right. Because they have Bosch. The Jack Ryan. The Mount Rushmore is for sure. Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher and Harry Bosch. Who is the fourth man on dad core dad lit Mount Rushmore? That's a good question. Is it Alex Um, Cross? No, I don't think Alex Cross is like dad universal enough. I'm trying to think of who's like a regular because there's not enough of a, you know, I do think they could do well with that. Is it a, is it a Harlan Coben guy? Oh, a uh, win? Not win. It's the other guy. His name's crazier <laughs> oh, than that. The, Wynn's Duke, the, the guy who played Duke basketball. Um, he played Duke basketball. Yeah. He went to Harvard Law School uh-huh. and he joined the FBI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that guy's name? Harlan Coben Duke Basketball. <laughs> His name's really crazy, too. Did you know there's a book that stars Win like, recently out? Oh, that's that we friend. Oh, oh, Myron Bolitar. Yeah, Myron Bolitar, right. So, um, <laughs> this is actually going to lead me into, um, a lot of them are sports-themed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we are going to... I mean, Alex it's, Cross it, is James Patterson. But I, mean, I, could, mm. I, I just don't feel like the Alex Cross movies have, like, 
caught on enough. Right. Along came Kiss the Girls did all right, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but Along Came a Spider kind of fought, failed. Uh, the Alex, have you ever seen the movie Alex Cross, Sean? Well, doesn't that star Tyler Perry? It does. And do you know who the the serial killer in it is? It's uh, Matthew Fox. It's in, it's right in that era when Lost was big enough that they were putting Matthew Fox as co-lead. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I've actually read four Myron Bolotar books, Joey. <laughs> but um, I do want to... I've this... only read the ones where Myron just, like, appears. I, like... I prefer my Harlan Coben's uh, in the when he writes his weird domestic uh, ones where it's oh like yeah, all of where a it's a guy's like, wife is missing. Yeah, I found one where it was like super crazy, where it was like all these murders were happening, and it was all about like a photograph, and uh-huh. then a lot of them take place on like the early internet. Where it's like, like we didn't know where that video came <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. There it was, was a black site. There's literally one where a lady's husband dies and then she sees him on a nanny cam. And that sets off the whole thing. Uh she spends the whole time like wonder trying to figure out if her husband is still alive because she saw him on the nanny cam. I mean, I'm I if he had known the phrase dark web. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he does. This. Oh, no, he does. I've read them. There's a lot of dark web in a lot of the newer ones. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I I wanted to to use this to segue <laughs> well, into hold on. our other... I do want to mention the craziest Harlan Coben book I read. Please. You're going to love this. Okay. The guy's wife goes missing, and it turns out she was murdered because... Uh, <laughs> Their neighbors were embezzling from the lac- the like local lacrosse team. She was the the president of the board of, and she figured it out. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I wanted to watch a Harlan Coben TV show that's mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah, but then um, Dexter was on it doing a British accent, and I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I can't deal weirdly... with Michael C. Halls doing a British accent. Come on. There's also weirdly a lot of them are, that are in French. The other two Harlan Coben shows on Netflix are both in French. For some That's... reason, like some French television network bought a bunch of the Harlan Coben ones. Um, one of those is, of course, the lacrosse team one, where oh, their child's God. lacrosse team is being embezzled from. <laughs> Great. Well, you've spoiled that one for every all Sorry. Of our French-speaking listeners. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so I yeah. wanted to use this to segue into what our other Patreon feature has been, uh, Round Ball Book Club. We we released this one onto the main feed for two reasons, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably have not got a chance to listen to it. It is pretty long, but um, so it's a it's just a regular feature. I did one of them where I talked about Ray Allen's autobiography, uh, and I had Corbin A. Smith to come on to talk about uh, his nemesis. Jerry West mm-hmm. and Jerry West's memoir, uh, West by West, My Charmed, Tortured Life. Mm-hmm. And look, it's great to learn why Corbin hates him so much. I kind of started hating Jerry West myself after reading the book. But, but the key thing that happens in that mm-hmm. whole podcast is at the very end, we're wrapping up and Corbin, mm-hmm. Corbin A. Smith, 
starts to plug his social media, he says everything is at Corbin A. Smith except for Instagram where he's Corbin A. Dot Smith. Mm-hmm. And I start talking about how someone else has at Sean Keen on Instagram and they have one post. So I can't I can't steal that name instead of being George Center. Mm-hmm. Um I had really smart naming for all of these things. George Center's and, funny. You should keep it forever. So it. we start going through Corbin A. Smith, no dot. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these pictures and Corbin's looking at them too. And I'm like commenting on like, I kind of like this guy in this picture. We get about 20 pictures in and there is a picture of Corbin. It's, and you, it's Corbin's you know, Instagram. And you, and you he has know no it's awareness him. of this. And you know it's him because one of his feet is in a bowl of chili. There's one um, where his feet are like, I even bring that up because there is a picture of his feet in this liquid. Mm-hmm. And I said, your feet are in a bowl of chili. And he's like, yeah, 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 I got, I got, maybe I was trying to warm up or something. Just totally oblivious. <laughs> also totally oblivious to it being his, his Instagram, Instagram that he didn't post on for 2014. It's one of the most amazing podcast moments and Corbin moments of uh-huh. all time. And um, I, I, it's, it still blows my mind. Yeah. It couldn't be paywalled. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh check that out but also if you have a book to recommend mm-hmm. um we'll try to make them like basketball related i guess but i feel like eventually i'm gonna be just like reviewing good weird things that people suggest and i'm down i'm happy to do that maybe oh we have to oh we have to do the harlan cobin basketball book fade away at one point too mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the third book in the series uh, and in that one it's great myron bolotar joins uh an nba team mm-hmm. great yeah. love it um, <laughs> um anyway you can su- uh, you, you can subscribe to that that was a long diversion but at uh, patreon.com/roundrockpod uh, episodes, bonus episodes are just five bucks a month. And, mm-hmm. uh, you also join the, dis- you can join, if you just want to join the popping off discord, do that for three bucks a month. It's always so crazy. Uh, you get buttons at 10 bucks a month and a teeth. Um, I mentioned yes. the phone number mm-hmm. and guess what? Oh, Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road.
That's right, Sean. We've got a phone number. And that number, because the robot reads it so fast, even though I did everything I could to get the Apple text-to-speech to read it slower, uh, you can call us at 323-682-0342. Leave us a message. Um, and Sean... Our most frequent caller, I would say, called us this week, uh, and that is, of course, Lakers Paladin. Do you want to explain to any of our new listeners who Lakers Paladin is? Yeah, I mean, okay, first of all, we don't actually know who Lakers Paladin we is. We do not, yeah. Lakers Paladin is a Lakers fan account. Mm-hmm. Um, Whose hero is Glenn Greenwald? Well, he's just... Okay, so... It seems like Lakers Paladin is like uh, a big truth teller. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ba- based on the photos and videos he has posted, he is a bit of an older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he He's a he huge wants to Lakers protect fan. the honor of the Lakers. He yeah. loves Dr. Jerry Bess. He hates Rob Palinka and he hates. Kurt Rambis. But he loves Linda Rambis. That's important. He likes Linda Rambis. He likes Jeannie. But he, he's loyal to every... He think, Basically, he thinks Rob Palinka is destroying the Lakers. It's a and, uh, and he also... He's criminally underfollowed. Yeah, he's the best Twitter. He's the best basketball Twitter follow, I think. Yes. Um, you can follow him has, at like, Lakers Paladin. Um, uh, but also, like, just a deeply fascinating follow yeah he said anyway he calls the show with a voice changer <laughs> with, with we yes. do not do this <laughs> well he i just does a note it's just a google voice number so i get i will get like a transcript of the call mm-hmm. uh a notification and it's it's never um and look, well. we do a lot of bits on this show <laughs> and w- this is not our bit i swear yeah, yeah, the the scoop was not us, and Lakers Paladin is not us. We don't yeah. really do secret bits. No, apparently. no, we are we very clearly doing bits. bits. Speaking of, there's going to be a very good bit later this week on the Patreon. Um, all right. By the way, by the way, Celtics chance underscore that is me. That is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, Dennis <laughs> Miller NFL also you also me, um, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But you're not the only one who does that. Anyway, we are not Lakers Paladin. We don't know who Lakers Paladin is, and he called us. Here is his. Here is his. This is Lakers Paladin. I'm back. I went dark for a while. Rambus left me alone for a while. I thought it was good because I went dark because I wasn't online, but that wasn't the case. Turns out he's been fucking with Vogel. He's been. In his business, he's trying to tell him how to coach. The biggest fucking loser coach in league history trying to tell NBA champion Frank Vogel how to do his job. I am fed up. I am back. The fight against the evil, the nepotism, the oligarchy in the Lakers front office is is reignited. I'm all in, baby. That championship, it, it, it... you know, it had me feeling okay and optimistic for a little bit. Oh, no, no, that's all out the window now. I could have saved Frank if I had done what I should have done when I saw Palenka at Disneyland, but that's neither here nor there. That opportunity is, is past. I'm doing, I'm taking action right now. I'm, I'm surveilling Randis as we speak. I'm in a rental car. So he, didn't, he didn't see me. 
And I gotta be honest, it's been kind of a waste of time because I got here, Rambus pulled into his parking spot, and he literally just sat in his car for like an hour and a half. Didn't do anything. I'm assuming he's probably looking at a porno on his phone from a burner account because we all know what happened last time when he did it from when he was when he was on his on his regular account. But anyway, I'm out here. Lakers Paladin is is going full force on them again. You'll be hearing from me soon, and hopefully, fingers crossed. If I if I notice anything, if I see anything going on, I could be the one to break the, the news when they fire Vogel when they move on to him and try to do do wrong by a good man. We did the right thing by benching Westbrook last night. If you again hit me on Signal or in my DMs on Twitter, if you have any compromise on Russell Westbrook, so I can, you know, or not on Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry on maybe an opposing GM, and I can blackmail an opposing GM into taking Westbrook in a trade. All right. I got to get back to doing what I'm doing. This is really boring, but it's nice calling you guys, catching up a little bit. But I got to stay focused. Bye. Lakers Paladin out. That's right. Uh, if you have any compromat on Russell on any opposing GM, send it to at Lakers Paladin on Twitter or on mm-hmm. his signal, which... I guess he has. <laughs> Sean, do you have any compromat on any opposing GMs? Um, opposing GMs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess I guess I. Yeah. You know, I think we really need to find um the some footage of Neil O'Shea on a soap opera. I know I, he's been it's fired. So hard to find. I've been looking. I mean, it's not it's not on his IMDb. So you'd have mm-hmm. you'd have to really okay. If you have worked in the soap opera industry and you know a guy named Neil O'Shea, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just let us know like what episodes he was. Yeah, on. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like a show. Any any guidance would be great. Um, I also will say you, we might okay. have some compromat on uh, Daryl Morey, because um, we were alerted to a tweet this week from our friend Queen Ozymandias. Sean, did you see that tweet prompt running oh, I around did. about the strangest interaction you've had with a celebrity? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, somebody tweeted, sorry, at Spoka tweeted, all day I've been like I would not recognize a celebrity, but perhaps stage managing Daryl Morey in his debut role as a waiter in Marie and Bruce. Um, and then Queen Ozymandias, because she's a good friend, asked, excuse me? And she said, he's a big theater fan and a huge donor to my old theater in Houston. They gave him a small part because he always wanted to act, but then he couldn't make any rehearsals after, like, the second one. Does that mean he didn't play a waiter? No, he played the waiter. He just couldn't go to rehearsals because he was too busy, I'm sure, uh, managing James Harden's ego. you, You don't think James Harden is a theater guy? It depends uh, how broad your scope of theater is. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that for a couple days. Uh, Marie and Bruce, for those of you that don't know, is a play by Wallace Shawn. Pretty cool. Uh, Sean, do you want to explain to the listeners who Wallace Shawn is? Wallace Shawn, uh, he plays the Sicilian in The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who constantly says, inconceivable! Uh, he's and the his T-Rex father, his father was, he's a playwright, he's in My Dinner with Andre, mm-hmm. and his father was the editor-in-chief of The New Yorker for many, many years. 
Yeah, not unlike, uh, so with that resume, he could host Chapo Trap House. All right. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I love Will. Please do not tell him I said that. All right. Um, uh, but more importantly, while Sean is the voice of the T-Rex in Toy Story, right? Or am I oh, I, that is that, I guess, yeah, I guess that is probably more That's widely like, seen yeah. than those other things that I said. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, anyway, Daryl Morey, if you'd like to come on to talk about, uh, uh, please come on to just talk about acting. Yeah. Theater, musicals, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. We will not ask you about basketball. We, we literally don't care where Ben Simmons is going and we're not going to pressure you about Mm -hmm. it. We will, but we do want to know what you think Mandy Patinkin's greatest role is. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Sean, we have some more reader mail. This is what a weird episode we're recording here. All if right. I if I was gonna guess, I think he's gonna go with Sunday in the Park with George. Right. I just <laughs> want that prediction on the record. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots. That's right, Sean. Our readers. Yep, these are our readers. Um, ask us, asked us some questions, and we're here to answer them. Sean, our first question comes from our... Should definitely follow on Twitter, at Donuts. I believe he has a crazy Twitch show where he plays Japanese video games and also has a podcast uh, about uh, everyone's favorite crossover Disney and Square Enix video game, Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his question is, question for the pod. You have to choose one NBA team to execute you, but they get to choose whatever method they want. Who do you pick and what do you think they do? Thanks. Well, can I give you, can I give you what Zach Lowe's answer would be? Please do. He would be executed by the New York Knicks, and they would set a record for most kazoos used mm-hmm. yep. in a homicide. He would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Lowe loves a kazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not picking the Orlando Magic because they are owned by a family uh, of torturers, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right? Is that is that inaccurate to say? No, that's correct. I mean, they would waterboard you to death, I think. Um... um I guess I'm going to say Mickey Arison and the Miami Heat because I think it would you, be Do you want to get cruise ship to death? Yeah, it would be it would be cruise ship sinks but there's an orgy. Um, but yeah, I guess I drown. I have an easy one. This one okay. was so easy for me. Uh-huh. Um and it's the Houston Rockets and the reason is this. Hey, Rockets fans, it's time for the Mechanical Bull Can. Time to cowboy up and hold on tight. Let's ride. That's right, Sean. I want to get Mechanical Bull Ride ride cammed to death. Can you you tell people what's going on in that clip? (laughs) All right, so... (laughs) I've seen it. In that (laughs) clip, uh... Katie Heindel wrote an incredible uh, breakdown of that clip today for Up Rocks, but I oh, great. and I was the one who sent it to. Uh, so you work for Up Rocks now? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Up Rocks actually owes me money. Um, so what's happening in that video is the Houston Rockets are all wearing cowboy hats and pretending to 
they're making the lasso uh, symbol, I guess, above their heads while talking about how it's mechanical bull cam time. Like a guy with a visor and a mustache? Armani Brooks leads it off. Um, and then Christian Wood appears less enthused than Armani Brooks. And then the happiest man on earth, Eric Gordon, appears. The round mamba. Really enjoying pretending to be a He's the one who says, let's ride. <laughs> he looks incredible. Anyway, I want to get mechanical bull uh mechanical bull cam to death. Um right, that's like you fair. get thrown off the bull a lot. I mean, or they're just, I'm, like, trampled by, uh, by, uh... A mechanical bull? By Eric Gordon riding oh, a mechanical he's... bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, just don't try to get him to do anything that requires, like, sustained accuracy in his murder. That's, that's not gonna work. Well, that would be the problem with it getting the Houston Rockets to do anything to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Anyway, uh, that's right. I want to put a cigarette in my mouth and a uh, um, a blindfold on and have this be the last thing I hear. Let's ride. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I can say it's like a Viking funeral, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, what's our next question? Uh, the next question is from Mike Burchett mm-hmm. from Portland. Good friend. Good Oregon, friend. Friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. What doesn't Darren Ravel's Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> collection consist of? Okay, Sean, please explain to the listeners the basis of this question first. Uh, Darren Ravel is very proud of his Martin Luther King Jr. memorabilia um, collection, mm-hmm. which on and Martin which Luther is, King That's King, why you can't call him racist. Right, you can't call him racist. Um, one thing he has is a sign-in log from the Birmingham jail, mm-hmm. which apparently he acquired from the jailer's family. So right. Martin, uh, Darren Ravel is basically paying reparations to uh, racists from mm-hmm. the 60s and powers of... Uh, I, I assume he's got one of those classic Birmingham fire hoses. I'm sure he's got like... A picture, a selfie of Bull Connor mm-hmm. with the beat up civil rights protester. Um, you don't he's got think Jesse he has Jackson's like... bloody shirt from 1968. Whatever the grossest piece of MLK memorabilia, I guarantee that Darren Ravel has it. Uh, do you think he has like a signed photo from the guy from the CIA who <laughs> paid off oh, who James Earl? Who framed James Earl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he might he might have that. Yeah, like that yeah. guy's that guy's like fake passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, he might have some of the listening devices J. Edgar Hoover um, planted. I am positive that he got his hands on uh, like dirty photos that J. Edgar Hoover was trying to use to blackmail him mm-hmm. and like mailing to Coretta Scott King. Yeah, absolutely. He's got one of those. But what doesn't um, he have, Sean? <laughs> I think I think he's probably got like. Um, I I heard this, and I'm not I'm not sure it's true, but um, he's got a whole collection of Rosa Parks NFTs he's gonna launch, yeah, and like they look incredible. Sure. I mean, he got he got he got a lot of shit for this, Joey, yeah. to the point where um, I would say we have gotten to a point where 
I think maybe the era of the notes apology mm-hmm. has faded a little bit. Yeah. And now you have to immediately go into a Twitter space and plead your case. He was in a Twitter space, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're in a Twitter space, something has gone terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually it was just an accident and you clicked on something you didn't mean to, but you've you've chosen chaos if mm-hmm. you've if you're willingly <laughs> opting to be in a Twitter space. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um all that sounds correct to me. Um I would say the one thing Darren Ravel not even just his collection, but the one thing Darren Ravel doesn't have is uh, taste. All right. Um, yeah, I do think he's probably going to be like, you know what? I think they were probably firing Gatorade out of those fire hoses too. You know, he wrote a, the history of Gatorade, right? I did not know that. That's how he. That's how he launched himself, baby. He loves brands. He does love brands. Um, and his brand is Crisis. All right. Um, <laughs> Our friend Delamuka asked, Sean, how long until the Crypto.com arena gets turned into the Clutch Sports Group Palace? Um, given the the current crypto markets, could be like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, no, I think I think Matt Damon will will fly in and rescue rescue those investors, right? Oh yeah, for sure. With those monuments, men profits. <laughs> You know, I've I've heard that Matt Damon lives a pretty fancy life, but he's never touched his Monuments Men money. Mm. <laughs> uh, also, also, why wouldn't they become the Crypto.com Center? Here's here's my <laughs> my my problem with that Matt Damon ad, Sean, for uh-huh. Crypto.com, is that he says fortune favors the brave. Yeah, that's not the expression. That's not the expression. It's the bold. It's the bold. Uh, and I'm sure that's because some real company o- somehow owns Fortune Favors the Bold, right? I think it's also because Matt Damon maybe couldn't say bold because of how intensely he's sucking in his stomach in that ad and pretending to not be 53 years old. Well, and he's just saying how he's not allowed to say gay. His daughter won't let him say gay slurs anymore, which is a real <laughs> He learned story. that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy, Joey. I gotta say, it's strange how quickly... The Damon Affleck popularity embarrassment oh. quotient has flipped in the last two years. <laughs> it's like A-Rod and Jeter. It is! <laughs> Where you're just like, oh, I like the guy who's a human being. <laughs> oh, he's had all this scandal, and you're like, that's a lot more relatable to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we need to go so far to say A-Rod's a human being, but sure. I guess he's like more... <laughs> Derek Jeter is a cyborg, but like it, a it's cyborg like A-Rod, who fucks, baby. What about like A Rod <laughs> dressing up as Batman? Uh huh. That was kind of a different. I mean, A Rod sucks too, man. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't. I don't mean that as an endorsement of A Rod, but uh, yeah, I feel like I've had a uh, as a grown up um, had a similar shift in my feelings about John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um used to be very pro John. Mm-hmm. Fairly anti John now, I would say. I am 
I don't know if I want to say my take on this podcast because I don't want to get yelled at. You know what? Fuck it. You're going to say you think George is the coolest one. No, no. Paul is the best one. Well, I I have an affinity for Ringo just because I don't know Ringo. But I want to know Ringo because Ringo is so cool. He kept three guys around who hated each other yeah. still hanging out for years just because they wanted to hang out with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've heard I've heard that the real reason for the Beatles breaking up was Yoko, but only in the sense that it was the one person John Lennon liked hanging out with more than hanging out with Ringo. Yeah. 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 So I would, if we're saying coolest Beatle, it's probably Ringo, but Paul is the best Beatle. Yeah, yeah. Then it's not even close. Yeah, I don't um, think that's. Yeah. I, yeah, my take is John is the worst Beatle. Anyway. Um... Yeah, oh, because he <laughs> keeps singing about uh, domestic abuse, <laughs> like proudly in his songs. Is that it? Um, you know what Norwegian Woods about, Joey? Do you realize what that song's about? I don't, actually. A woman doesn't want to have sex with John Lennon, and he goes and sleeps in a tub because she's like, I got to work in the morning. And then she leaves the house, and this deviant uh, burns down her house because she wouldn't have sex with him. Great. Norwich <laughs> Wood, everybody. By the Beatles. Music that children listen Weirdly, to. Weirdly, though, you know whose house that was? Andre Risen's. Whoa. It was Andre Risen's house. <laughs> All right. Um, our friend Lou asked, is there any NBA player who has gone to such crazy lengths to reach replacement level as Jeremy Strong has to tread water as Kendall Roy? I definitely have an answer for this. I love it. Let's hear it, Sean. It is Matt Harpering, 100%. <laughs> uh, Matt Harpering looked crazy. He was mm-hmm. like, it was like you took a, a high school wrestler and made him 6'5". And also, like, widened him to door frame size. Yeah, widened him. He was he had like such weird proportions. He um, looked like he was improperly stretched out in Photoshop. Uh huh. He um he would shoot threes in this way that made it seem like he was angry at the basket. He played. Like he didn't angry. ever have enough arc on his shot because it was like he wasn't hitting the rim enough. Mm-hmm. He would like straight punch people too on the court, like secretly. Uh-huh. Right? And like worked out, worked out all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, set screens like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he had a year where he was playing on the Sixers and it felt like he was like a hockey enforcer for yeah. Allen Iverson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like, I think Pat Connaughton has a very similar vibe, but in like sort of a gentler era where you're encouraged to have, other interests and maybe like he played baseball. So like he can at least go and chew tobacco and, you know, be gross. Whereas Harpering was just like all about the workouts and the basketball. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, if he didn't have like a caught um, in, my, in like the one one fifteen section or something. Yeah. My answer is also another psycho white guy, and it's the uh-huh. ultimate psycho white guy, Tyler Hansbro. <laughs> um, because t- like when he acted that way in college, it was like, yeah, this guy's good at basketball, and he's mm-hmm. a psycho. But he had to act that way just to get a second contract in the NBA. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, he, he almost looked like he had Graves' disease because yeah. of how buggy his eyes were. Yeah, he and he was losing his mind constantly just to, like, 
be the backup center for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> National College Player of the Year. Um, all right. And our final question. I think we've answered this before, but it's such a good question. I feel like we should check back in. And it mm-hmm. comes from our friend Alf Pogs. And it's, has LeBron actually finished any of the books he's taken photos with? What Ooh. books do you think he's read all the way through? Um, I think he's read the novelization of the 1996 film Space Jam. <laughs> uh, he did not finish the autobiography of Malcolm X. No. Uh, I don't he, think he finished The Godfather. Did he finish The Hunger Games Catching Fire? He was yes, reading that. At I think one he point. finished the I think he I think he finished The Hunger Games. Okay. <laughs> um what other books has he read all the way through? Um I think I think he read a book called Taco Tuesday, but it was actually just uh like a four-page menu. Of different Taco Tuesday options. So that counts, right? I think he's read How to Make Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's probably right. I think he's read The Secret. I think he started Eat, Pray, Love, but did not finish it. Yeah, he he got partway through the eat part, and he was like, yeah, that's not really for me. <laughs> um, What if he'd read, like, Middlemarch? Like, he's just like, eh, I'm not much of a reader, but that George Eliot really hooked me <laughs> there. Uh, do you think he has read a Harry Potter book? No. I don't think so either. Too nerdy. Because, like... <sighs> he's like, somebody had a secret talent that they didn't know about until they were mm-hmm. ten? What a loser. Oh, he's read The Alchemist for sure. Because Kobe made them all, like, told everybody. He um, and Kobe did not have a relationship, Joey. <laughs> I, I, they just... That that has been proven false when right. we found out that they that LeBron claimed that they he was trying to get together with Kobe and he just didn't get a chance to in a year and a half. Uh, well, I mean, he does he does have a quoted recommendation on the Alchemist now too, which is a quote: "The more and more that you dream and actually talk about something that you want to do, it can become true." Um. Yeah, and what he had dreamed about was playing basketball with Russell Westbrook. He also is quoted on a book, this is wild, Mm -hmm. on the back of a book called Living with a Seal, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet by Jesse Itzler. There's no way he finished that whole book. (laughs) Well, but the quote on the back is, it's hilarious, LeBron James. What, that book's hilarious? <laughs> yeah, because it's about, like, a white guy training with a Navy, Navy SEAL. Oh, weird. <laughs> oh, maybe he's read, like, a Neil Strauss book, then. <laughs> They're pretty short, and they tend to have a lot of pictures in them. Um, a lot of, like, lot of like one- and two-sentence paragraphs. Okay, Lots of empty space. He was seen reading Decoded by Jay-Z, which is, like, his book r- finished that. Well, he doesn't always seem to know the lyrics of the songs that he is rapping along to on the internet, so that's a maybe. Uh, There's no way he read all of the lyrics. He was also seen reading Leadership in Turbulent Times by by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Do you think he read that? No chance he finished that one. (laughs) Oh, here's LeBron James' reading list. Uh, Oh, great. This is all the same. Uh, he, oh, Sean. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, on LeBron James's <laughs> reading list is The Alchemist, The Hunger Games oh. trilogy, Decoded. Uh-huh. West by West, My Charm Tormented Life by Jerry West. There's no way he finished. <laughs> like, having just read that book, he did not finish that one. It's, like, way too much of a bummer for uh-huh. LeBron. He would have gotten, he might have gotten to the point where Jerry West spends, like, ten pages talking about sitting in a room with mm-hmm. Pete Newell's recently dead corpse, and he would have bailed then, as should anyone who got to that <laughs> point in the book. Uh, do you think There's he's... a very long sequence about... Jerry West's dream basketball game, too. It's awful. Okay. Um, Do you think he finished The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which is also on his list? The Tipping? No, he didn't finish that. Um, well, that's you, some bad science, by the way. <laughs> Do you think he finished... Uh, 10,000 Hours is worse science, but okay. Uh, do you think Why did he even say Malcolm Gladwell's doing science? I'm sorry, that's not what he does. Um, he okay, go ahead. He also apparently read some book called book called The Pact: Three Young Men Make a Promise and Fulfill a Dream. Doctors Samson Davis, George Jenkins, and Ramek Hunt: The Three Doctors with Lisa Lisa Fraser Page. Oh, LFP. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, three African-American doctors who grew up in the streets of Newark facing city life's temptations, but they made a pact where they promised that they'd become doctors. Sounds I'm like gonna say listen to the like audio book of that one. I might listen to that. That sounds like a good book. Yeah, um, anyway, <laughs> it, uh, we want to hear from you, listeners. What books has LeBron James finished? <laughs> we'll 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 do a book club about any book he has definitively finished. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, all right, Sean, time for some news. It took yeah. us a long time to get here, but we're here. <laughs> this is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our top story? All it says on the rundown is Sean has a surprise lead news. Oh, yeah, I found this story, and it was shocking. Um, I felt like I needed to to bring it up, especially after that voicemail. Um, yeah, here's our, here's our lead story, and uh, this is from the New York Daily News. Kurt Rambis liked female masturbation photo on Twitter. <laughs> Nick say he was hacked. Now, granted, this you is don't from remember February, that? 23rd, 20. Look, it's I feel like the readers might not know about it. It's yeah. happened before we had the podcast. Kurt Rambis did pull a, a Ted Cruz, yes. A Ted Cruz interim on to, Interim Nick's coach, Kurt Rambis, showed he might need some help using Twitter over the weekend after a very graphic pornographic tweet of a woman masturbating showed up in his like tweets. Just in case you're wondering. Uh, the photo was of an Asian woman pleasuring herself while standing in front of a mirror with the reflection of her backside also visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the tweet said, love female masturbation, hashtag NSFW, and it is from the Twitter account at I like to touch. Mm-hmm. And he said, Kurt Rambis's explanation was, it's unfortunate it happened. I've dealt with it and moved on. Um, and... He, the the Knicks claimed that Kurt did not like those items on his Twitter page, and we worked with Twitter to make sure the situation did not happen again. Yep. So uh, good news. He's for not very active. He does have. He did have at the time. He had forty four thousand followers, mm-hmm. and however, 
one, he followed 144 accounts, Joey. Mm-hmm. One of those accounts was at Great Ass Daily. Mm-hmm. Great. And then another one was at, at Swee underscore girl. And that was filled with graphic pornography photos. And apparently these hackers deleted his account. Kind of weird. Look, just don't be horny on main, Kurt. Kurt. Just get get an alt, dude. Be as horny as you want. How many OnlyFans do you think Kurt Ramis subscribes to, Sean? Uh, A lot. (laughs) Same. All right. Sean, our top story is actually... Chaos in Brooklyn. Ooh, ooh. That's right. Sean, the Brooklyn Nets are in a shambles. <laughs> um, wait, sorry, have to do this. All right. Um, Sean, why is there chaos in Brooklyn? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the Nets had to come out and announce that they're not trading James Harden ahead of the deadline. Wouldn't have thought that would have been a question at all. No. But their hand was forced by um, future round all guest Daryl Morey, mm-hmm. implying that he was not, well, saying he was not going to trade Ben Simmons before the deadline, and heavily implying mm-hmm. that they're saving him to be offered in a James Harden deal this summer. Mm-hmm. Now, the reasons to think this um, is that James Harden turned down an extension last fall. Now, granted, he does make more money and get more years if he signs this summer instead of signing an extension. And uh, according to um, one of the greatest uh, writers at Bleacher Report, Jake Fisher, Mm -hmm. Harden remains invested in competing for the title in Brooklyn this season. But Harden has recently informed several confidants, including former teammates and coaches, of his interest in exploring other opportunities outside of Brooklyn this summer. So uh, are you saying, Sean, that James Harden is basically saying, Let's ride. (laughs) He misses it. Uh, Okay, so here are the things that he's apparently frustrated with. Uh, Kyrie Irving and him not playing for almost the entire season. Fair. I'm also frustrated by that. Uh, he's frustrated with Steve Nash's rotations because he tends to ride the hot hand instead of having a regular closing lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nets kind of push back on that, saying we've had a lot of guys out. Nothing's been regular with this team. But he's also frustrated by living in Brooklyn. Now, Steve Nash says it's fine. James and He and James speak all the time. They have a great relationship. He's not sure the validity of the reports. That's not really a denial. Mm-hmm. Joey, why do you think? James Harden hates living in Brooklyn. Is it that his beard no longer stands out? Well, I mean, that's pretty good. Is it that he keeps running into John Krasinski in Brooklyn Heights? Oh, I, would, I wouldn't want to hear about some good news either. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that the strippers have pubic hair? Possibly. I think you probably don't want to touch or he hates drinking out of mason jars could that be a possibility <laughs> uh he doesn't like to get his food from a street from a from a food truck i i have more of a theory about this okay i think it's because kevin durant never yes that's true <laughs> james harden is a man who hates the internet oh that's true phones, and he's uh attached at the hip with the man who is the most online 
Yeah, James Harden is like using an old-timey flip phone that doesn't have to, the internet enabled to call, to call, call people. <laughs> and meanwhile, Kevin Durant's like explaining to a 12-year-old on Instagram why she's wrong about the Nets' fast break yeah, attack. about why she's not a hooper. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it it could be a lot of things. Um, my real question is, Joey, is this going to end well? No. No, no, this is so obviously not going to end well now, right? Yes. Like, I don't know when it's going to end, but this feels doomed. I'm also not really sure that this is like a slam dunk for the Sixers either. Because, okay, so it's complicated. They would have to dump a bunch of money, which means trading Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. um, because they would get hard capped at a sign and trade for Harden. But... But you know, you think about it, how hard is it to trade Ben Simmons? He's an all-star. Like it, it's easy. Probably a really big market for him <laughs> right now. Here's the thing: I don't think it's going to end this summer, though. Um, no. But I think I mean is... it is hard to work a sign-in trade for a guy whose starting salary is going to be like forty-eight million. But I also just don't see how anyone lets Daryl Morey win at this point. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Uh, like, like you, it feels like because he's so publicly talking about how he doesn't want to lose a trade, it's, it's almost like implied that if you make a trade at all, he's beaten you and that that's a tough, uh, bargaining thing to go into. And also I got to say as an Oakland A's fan, uh -huh. um, Winning a trade isn't always that important. The Oakland A's no. win basically every trade they're in, except for the John Lester one. <laughs> well, you know, I would I would say the A's do not necessarily make the trades, but what actually makes Billy Bean great, in my opinion, mm -hmm. he's really good at making trades. That's actually the yeah. key. When he, like, needs something on the team, he'll trade for it. Sometimes the value going out is more than what's coming in. Yeah. Carlos Pena. But baseball is not a game where you're – there are 30 teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what? Since Vivek has taken over the Kings, I feel like they've short-term won a lot of trades they've made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they really um, have. But guess what's happening to them? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're 18 and 30 right now, I believe. Um. um so I, I don't know if you saw this, Joey. Did you see when the Nets assistant coach knocked away a pass this week? I did see this. Uh, Sean, this was some Jason Kidd spilling Coke on the floor. Oh, shit. it was a classic. Do you want to explain to the listeners Nets. what happened? So um, it's a pretty close game between the Wizards and uh, the Nets. They're probably like, there's maybe like four minutes to go in the game. Mm -hmm. It's getting to crunch time. And it's not even like... A difficult pass. It's a guy who's uh, on the arc throwing it to a guy in the corner. Like it's not a dangerous pass. And the uh, a Nets assistant, I don't, I couldn't figure out who it was. Mm -hmm. uh, sticks his arm out and just knocks the pass away. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of confused because the ball like stopped out of midair, and then the the Nets got a fast break layup. Because mm -hmm. the ball was just bouncing there, and one of their guys picked it up, and Harden went to the basket. Uh, also, apparently the ref didn't see it because Steve Nash was standing there with, like, one foot on the court blocking his view. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the Wizards lost the game by one point mm-hmm. after that. Well, um, you know what? The Wizards have lost uh, a worse game this oh, week. That's mm-hmm. a good transition. Yeah. Um, Sean, the Wizards blew a 35-point lead to the Clippers this week. Look, Joey, that's only the second biggest blown lead in NBA history. Oh, what's the first? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think it involved the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Um, Hold on, I'll I'll find it. You keep talking about this story. Okay, so what happened is uh, the Jazz came back from from down thirty six points oh, of before halftime to Jazz. beat the Nuggets in nineteen ninety six. Mm. Wow, that's some some classic Nuggets shit. Sorry, Nuggets fans. Um, <laughs> so uh, what's crazy is one of these big comebacks uh, happened. Hold on. In the NBA Finals. In 2008, the Los Angeles Lakers had a 24-point uh, lead in the Finals. I think I and they came back that. and beat the Celtics. Um, I, I, will use, I watched both of those series at the only Red Sox bar in uh, San Francisco. And a woman who was the funniest woman I've ever seen... After they lost that game, put on the walked up, put on the I Love LA on the jukebox. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um. Anyway, um, the, the Kings, Wizards... the 2009 Kings came back on the came back from 35 down against the Chicago Bulls as well. Sean, did you watch this game? Uh, not live, no. Mm. But I did. I did go back and watch the final minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Luke Kennard being a hero? You know what? Normally bad, mm-hmm. but there's something about him like going to the Clippers and struggling so much that year that that the last year that's made him like sympathetic to me again. And I think it's like the level that he's balding and just like taking it mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah but, and watching the highlights not even rooting for the clippers i was really pumped at him hitting those three-point shots i've got to say as a person who um sort of loved the clippers because they felt like the golden state warriors south in um like the mid 2000s in 2019 is what oh 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 the like Elden brand team yeah i was gonna okay. what i was gonna say is uh I get, like, the biggest Eric Pyatkowski flashbacks watching Luke Kennard in a Clippers uniform. (laughs) Just a balding blonde man who's supposed to be good at shooting threes, missing threes. So, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of into it. Normally, not a a player I enjoy. But I feel like he's just been humbled so much by the NBA that I'm happy for him now. You know who wasn't in? Bradley Beal. (laughs) Yes. Who, uh... Uh, I would say really threw his teammates under the bus at the end of this game. Do you want to read that quote? Yeah, he said, I have no words besides embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I was frustrated when I had to go back in. This should have been a game where the starters get their rest. Plain and mm-hmm. simple. By the way, Bradley Beal is the guy who fouled Luke Kennard mm-hmm. on the final play. thus, uh, But not enough to make him miss the shot, which right. allowed... Luke Kennard to win the game on a four-point play. <laughs> um, Sean, you know what I was just thinking reading this quote here? 
that the Spencer Dinwiddie James Harden backcourt in Washington is going to be excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be incredible right there. And Sorry, you might have got some some sound there from auto playing. I did not. You're good. Okay, good. I I thought you were playing it at first, and I was like, oh, you're playing them choking. And anyway, Bradley Beal came back into that game with nine minutes left. Uh huh. It's yeah. it's it's often his fault. <laughs> anyway, it it very much. All right. What a, what what great team chemistry. Do you want to talk about Ty Lu? Real quickly. Um, I just think he's the anti Doc Rivers. Ty Lu is point. cool. We like he's Ty a, Lu. Good coach. Good coach. Okay, cool Joey, coach. if you could pick one coach for the NBA, mm-hmm. because I had some people today. Um. I had like a joke tweet about Steve Kerr get picked up and many people thought I was serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do think he should put his mask on over his nose. I was serious yeah. about that. But then the rest of the tweet uh-huh. was clearly jokes. Mm-hmm. And one guy just responded with like, that's why they got to fire Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. And the the Warriors had just won a game by 38 points, Joey. Mm-hmm. And then he responded. He's like, no, I'm right. You got to look at those rotations. Um, I don't know that there would be a lot of coaches I would choose over Steve Kerr. I don't know about you, Joey. Uh, yeah, there are a couple, but not. It would not be that it, many. I can't imagine like firing him and trying to get an upgrade. Right, mine now. would. My number one would be Don Nelson. If that was well, horrible. yes. <laughs> uh, and then I Spolstra. Spolstra would be my number one option, but Ty Lu would be like two or three. Yeah, I think I would take Ty Lue. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's, I, I just think, yeah, yeah. He's, but Spolster is my guy. Spolster to me is the secret best coach in the NBA. Um, they're, they're totally legitimate. I just think, yeah, I just think Ty Lue is definitely top three at yes, least. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, two or three, the other one I would, look, it wouldn't work and it would make you mad, but, uh. I'd love to see Bruce, man. Um, all right. <laughs> He's a fraud, but yes, I would enjoy it. <laughs> I would have such a good time. All right. Um... Uh, oh, yeah. So he's, I just think he's the anti-Doc Rivers because uh, they they overcame a 24-point deficit against Doc mm-hmm. just like a week ago. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it was a 26-point lead. <laughs> um, and I got to say, um, one other common problem, Montrezl Harrell. Mm-hmm. Blew a 35-point lead with Washington and a 3-1 series lead with the Clips. <laughs> it's kind of incredible. So, yeah, Tyron Lue is a, is a fucking comeback coach, mm-hmm. including the 2016 Finals. All right, Sean. Fine. Do you want to talk about Grayson Allen, or do you want to talk about John Stockton? I think we got time for one of them. Stockton. Dude, yeah. I mean, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen just like, look, we stand with Alex Caruso, but we yeah. were standing with him before. Yes. And I will just say, people who are trying to act like it was not a bad foul and like a natural thing to do mm-hmm. to like foul a guy and then spin around 180 degrees and hit him with the other arm, mm-hmm. like, listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Look in the goddamn mirror, Coach Mike Shashevsky. You know, Sean, I think actually, um, uh, I think that, um, uh, 
Alex Caruso should instead, um, call Morgan and Morgan. Permanent injuries uh, oh, that's a good Grace point. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't find the right place in that drop, but that's fine. It's a joke about Chandler Parsons. Anyway, uh, Sean, we got to talk about. We yeah. got to talk oh, about I'll, it. I just want to say one more thing about Grayson Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bucks posted something in support of Grayson Allen and waited in support of Grayson Allen and waited like three days to post anything where they're like, "Ah, we hope Alex Caruso's okay." Mm-hmm. They made Coach Bud do it. Embarrassing, embarrassing team. Yeah. Well, you know who else is embarrassing, Sean? Yes. This man. A, a virus cheating us of this opportunities. It's the guys making decisions, saying, "No, no, we're too scared. We're going to shut everything down. Sit in your house and be careful." My kids and my grandkids hearing these things and accepting them as truth and when i know by my significant amount of research that it isn't and it's very frustrating that's right that's john stockton from earlier last year (laughs) uh talking about all the research he did uh and about why he wouldn't get the vaccine and guess what happened this week sean did it involve his alma mater it did his alma mater uh the Duke of the North Pacific Northwest, Gonzaga. That's right. Um, pulled his season tickets because he refuses to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Sean, do you want to hear an incredible quote from all the research Stockton has been doing? I mean, he does great research, and I'm always into research. So, yeah, let me hear it. I think it's highly recorded now. There's 150, I believe, now. It's over 100 professional athletes dead. Professional athletes, the prime of their life, dropping dead that they are vaccinated. Right on the pitch. Right on the field. Right on the court. Wow. Uh Joey, I have to admit, mm-hmm. this is new information to me. <laughs> yeah, I was say I gotta say, me too. I guess I need to do some more research. I should call my friend Jeff Hornacek and ask him <laughs> how many dead people he knows. Mm-hmm. On the pitch, <laughs> on the court. Uh, he also said, basically it came down to, about Gonzaga, basically it came down to, they were asking me to wear a mask to the games and being a public figure, someone a little bit more visible. I stuck in, out in the crowd a little bit, and therefore, they received complaints and felt like from whatever the higher-ups, those weren't discussed, but from whatever, it was higher-up, they were going to have to a- either ask me to wear a mask or they were going to suspend my... <laughs> Man, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> so, oh my god, Spokane just got a little more safe. Well, what, what do you think the end game is going to be? He's going to run for Congress. <laughs> oh, excellent question. I don't. I mean, isn't the end game speaking at CPAC? That's true. That's true. <laughs> It'll be like a panel with him and Matt Gates. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that he's he's like. This weird moral paragon, because basically he was one of the biggest, like, dirty Pieces cheaters of, of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I am glad and that people his, will and, stop lionizing John Stockton. Yeah, and his, um, don't forget his records are also fraudulent. <laughs> yes, yes, the the Utah official scorer just, just throwing assists. and the assists. Also, sometimes when you pass to Carmelo and he backs a guy down for 12 seconds, is that really an assist? Mm-hmm. And sometimes just grabbing a loose ball isn't getting a steal. 
Um, all right, Sean, that's our show. Mm. Uh, is there yeah. anything you'd like to plug? Have you been writing at Golden State of Mind lately? I have. I pretty much recap all the games right now, but I'm going to have something up um, this day. Uh, which is like a trade deadline preview for the Warriors, and it is going to be a little bit anticlimactic. But I'll have some uh, I'll have some weirder stuff up this next. Is week. it just going to be an ellipsis? Is that your <laughs> trade recap for the Golden State Warriors? It's just like what um, their options are. Their options are fairly limited unless they're willing to make a big move, and they probably aren't. Mm-hmm. So I will be lobbying for one specific thing to do, but not. It's going to be kind of boring, but luckily people love anything about trades, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the as... recaps are getting sillier and sillier, so that's good. good. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, oh, yeah. I'll be hosting a Zoom comedy show called Self-Care Comedy. It's our two-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's going to be featuring Mike Hanford from the Birthday Boys, uh, Lizzie Cooperman, Funny. Friend of the podcast, uh, Brody Reed. Hilarious. Oh, we got to get him to read that second manga. That's true. And uh, we have Max and Nikki, the, the wine box. Oh, we love them. We stand the wine box twins. Yeah, we love them. And also, um, yeah, so that should be good. You can just find that at tinyurl.com slash comedy. You can also see me at Cobb's Comedy Club February 10th through 12th. With Noel Miller, he is a Canadian YouTuber and rapper. I will be doing 30 minutes up top at five shows. And possibly next week, still still up in the air, I may be uh, working with Dimitri Martin at the Masonic Theater in San Francisco and an awesome. undetermined location in Sacramento. Great. Um, yeah. as My for favorite me... Contagion star. <laughs> as for me... Uh, I was on the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast this week, uh, yeah. doing our uh, 2022 induction draft with the very funny Jimmy Pardo and the very funny River Butcher. Man, I uh, love Jimmy Pardo. Look, I like them both, but but Jimmy Pardo, what a treat. Yeah. Uh, River really Butcher, fun. I'm like... We love, we like love River. Lo- love River Butcher. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm more impressed with Jimmy Pardo You're because... You're just friends with friends. River. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Also great. No disrespect, yeah. but I was, yes. But also watch River Butcher's Comedy Central half hour that uh, just came out. It's called A oh, Different yeah. Type of Dude. Hell yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, our friends Joe Kozala and Kristen Stutter. That's the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast. And, uh, Sean, you'll never guess who I took first overall with my draft pick. Of of the of this year's inductees, is yeah. that how it works? Well, you're trying to guess this year's inductees. You get one point if they're on the the ballot, two points if they get in, three points if they uh, get in, and it's the first time they've been on the ballot. So they haven't they haven't announced the inductees yet. They, no, this is to guess the nominee the the nominee ballot. That's what we're drafting. Oh, oh, okay. So Jay Z is Jay Z in? Yeah, Jay Z got in last year. Okay. Uh, I I'll tell you, Eminem went first overall. Okay, that's what I would have guessed as yeah. the first overall. I um, I took Fiona Apple. You took her first? Yeah. Well, I had the fourth pick. Oh. Um, and it was you know I'm hunting for points right because she's the only person oh. on this year's list of 
first of oh, who can be new step, and uh, make it. Yes, in. exactly. Because so I think Fiona Apple's going to get in eventually. I don't think it'll be this year, but she was a bit. She was a better value pick than like Ghostface Killer. Exactly. Because or, like Wu Tang, they're going to put him in. As, um, yeah, I think that's probably true. I don't think yeah. Matchbox Twenty is going to make uh-huh. it before Fiona Apple. In sync? Would in sync even be? It's not going to get in, dude. I don't think they're primitive radio gods are eligible. <laughs> they are eligible. Uh, what about they are Robert still Pollard? standing in a phone booth with a quarter in their hand. Um, Robert Pollard, guided by voices, probably will get in a long, long time from now, but uh, he's not getting in solo. Yeah. That. Oh, okay. That I, I sort of forgot that was a distinction. Yeah, and yeah. no. <laughs> what about the Spice Girls? Spice Girls, I think, have a weird shot, but it's I think they it's do a too. long time from now. Uh, Fiona Apple, to me, was the only other non-M&M candidate where I was like, this person is absolutely a 100, 100% getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apologies to Fastball. Yeah, the, they made up their minds and they started packing. <laughs> All right, uh, and you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on January 21st, I tweeted, I love my family. Pogmunis and Maus are literally everything to me. I can't wait till they wake up so I can hug them. Oh, well, that's very that's sweet. sweet. But also, be a little disconcerting if you looked up, if you woke up and Frankie Muniz was just staring you in the face, you know? It's just waiting to hug <laughs> yeah. you, trying to wait to hug you. Uh, Sean, did you write a song? I did. Uh, This is a tribute to a guy who's always in our hearts, but he was in the news a little bit this week. It's a Dean Martin song about the Philadelphia 76ers team president, and it's called That's Amori. Great. Um, Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Put a fucking mask on, John Stockton. (laughs) (laughs) That's a king. Efficiency is what they crave. When you want to trade this guy, but the offers aren't high, that's Samori. When you wanted to sign Dwight, but your owner was tight, that's Samori. Traded for your Kabakalo, his name is Pro, his moves got lots of plaudits. CP3 title guarantee, missing a lot of threes, right? A referee audit. When two guys make the max, but Tillman won't pay the tax, that's Samori. When the bean makes a fuss and you've got to trade Russ, you resign. When hoops are your thing but you just want to sing on Broadway. Conferencing slows the thing back at old MIT, that's Amore. That's a morning. When you love Danny Ainge, but you hate the mid range, that 
That's a mori. That's definitely a mori. He got stressed by no TNS agent, got a mess changing stars like Yashavin. From Les Miserables, Covington was a lot of fun, but no title run, he was no PJ Tucker. Crusty trading land, Jeremy, that's a mole. When you need to clear cap, but it means you must scrap Kyle Lowry. When your analytics work, but the owner's a jerk, there's no glory. Step low in three so far, Mike Dantoni. That's some more. That's some more. That's some more. Bellissima, Daryl Mori, go on around by rock. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.